make sure your network and family is on board. You'll need everybody's help that you can get. Um, there is no self-made person in this world. I don't believe you. I'll call you a liar. Um, uh, it's it's about the people around you. Do they support you? And because um, there's going to be times when you're going to be doubting yourself and they will support you and they're going to be there for you. So like to me, that that my biggest asset is my family, period. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I am your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight bigger businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast. David uh, Birchfield, and uh, David started his journey in uh, Portland, uh, being raised in Portland, Oregon, went off to college for a bit, and then he uh, went and uh, joined the army and uh, did some work with them for a while. Uh, none of that, uh, none of these uh, ended up working out or wasn't the, the perfect fit, so uh, shifted and uh, went to stall, or study uh, doing, uh, drug and al- or doing drug and alcohol counseling. Um, then the girlfriend at the time uh, told him that he'd be a good engineer, so he uh, ended up going to undergraduate and uh, getting and getting a undergrad and master's degree in engineering. Um, then after that, is uh, started a couple businesses. And so, with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, David. Thank you, Devin, and uh, thanks for that introduction. Um, my name is David Birchfield. I am the president of Birch Energy Services and the CEO. And I and I also we also started a new business called Building Lens, uh, where we bridge the gap between people, technology, and the utilities that supply our energy. Um, you know, just to tell you a little bit about my story and uh, yeah, and, and yeah, and just as I said, uh, I gave a 30, 40 second condensed version of it, but let's rewind to growing up in Oregon and kind of kick off and tell us a little bit yeah. about your, your journey. Yeah, no problem. So I, I grew up in Northeast Portland, um, went to Fabian Elementary School, Beaumont Middle School and Madison High School. Uh, proud to be in the Northwest. I love the rivers, the mountains and the, and the, and the ocean. Um, so when I graduated from Madison High School, uh, I tried my first shot at college, Didn't wasn't really ready you know, uh, the maturity wise. So I, I didn't go, didn't finish it. Then I went to the army, um, was a UH-60 helicopter mechanic, um, worked on uh, the Black Hawk and, uh, and a door gunner. Um, did that for about two years. Wasn't really um, something that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, uh, didn't fit completely. So I came back home to Portland. Um, after that, you know, I, I kind of grew up in um, living life, trying to work on hourly jobs, uh, actually doing stuff like um, stocking and driving forklifts. So I uh, worked, you know, some labor jobs for a while and uh, lived a little bit of life and um, found out that, you know, my passion was about people, right? So I started um, down a path of drug and alcohol um counseling uh for for addicts because i'm also you know i i am an addict so um and i wear that not with a badge of honor but it is what it is some people have diabetes you know i have addiction and and it's uh it's an understandable i guess you could say ailment and uh 
it's actually a place of power for me. Mm. Um, so when I was studying to be a drug and alcohol counselor, my, um, my girlfriend was pregnant at the time. And my father-in-law actually came into the picture and he was like, David, you're pretty good with math. Why don't you be an engineer? And really, in my mind, I was thinking, what is an engineer? So at that point in time, um, he took me under his wing. He has a PhD in geotechnical engineering. And he was actually, he, you know, he, um, he was very passionate about working with people as well. So now let me um, just jump in and just ask one question. So you, cause you were going down the drug and alcohol counseling and it seems like going from that to engineering while both are good fields, you know, they're fairly separate or yes. far, far from each other. Yes. So, you know, if you're already going down the drug and alcohol counseling and putting in the time and effort there, what made, you know, I get the, you know, somebody comes along and says, Hey, this would be a better opportunity, a better fit, but what kind of made you switch from doing uh, one to the other? Well, I maybe because I really never understood what an engineer did. And um, growing up in public schools and stuff, and I'm just going to be honest, learning how to study was not a big thing in public schools, right? So mm -hmm. I, I have to say that my father-in-law helped me study in college. He helped me learn how to study. And then I started to see the fruits of my labor when it comes to math and physics. And it really started to turn me on. Like I liked it a lot and I was learning fast. And then, um, you know, he, he had a little convincing because he, he was my future father-in-law. He's my father-in-law now. And, you know, he's like, David, you can make some good money being an engineer and you could do this. You have the skill set. You, you, we, we can do this together. So, uh, you know, the opportunity came and, um, I took it. So from there, you know, it wasn't an easy, um, an easy thing for me. You know, I had to adjust, I had to adjust in culture, meaning, you know, I would talk with my father-in-law and be like, hey, the professor is telling me that I'm wrong. And it's like making me irritated and mad. And then my father-in-law would say, David, being wrong is part of learning. So that's how we learn. And that was an epiphany I had because in the life I grew up in, making a mistake was not, it's not good. It, it could get you killed. It, it could, um, you know, parents are always telling you to do this or do that. And me growing up as a black man in America. So um, that epiphany I had, I'm just being honest, really took the handcuffs off my mind and uh, started making it, I, I could see bigger and better things that were possible. Um, yeah, it really opened up uh, a lot for me. Hmm. So no, it makes sense. So you find out, hey, engineering is different than what I anticipated. It's a good opportunity, probably fits me well. And so you decide to to go down that route. And then I think you went off to, or went to college and got a undergrad and as well as a master's in engineering. Is that right? Well, no, I, I got the undergrad in um, renewable energy engineering at Oregon Institute of Technology. And um, my uh, professor that I guess you can say a mentor from from my sophomore from my sophomore year all the way to my senior year is Dr. Tishome Juru. Remember that name because um, later on after that, Dr. Tishome Juru is the chief technical officer of Birch Energy Services, and he knows he's no longer in academia. He's a partner of mine. But um, after I did so, my senior year in at Oregon Institute of Technology, uh, somebody came in and started talking about building controls. 
and mm. uh, the technology. And that was just awesome to me. So as soon as they stopped with the presentation, I ran up to to them and said, hey, I want a job. I want an internship. I want to do what you you all are doing. Mm. Um, so I pursued that and I started working full time as a control application controls engineer for ESC automation. And um, I was able to work on buildings like Edith Green, Wendell Wyatt in Portland, Oregon. Um, and such, but that really gave me my love for the built environment and the technology and energy efficiency. Hmm. So once I, when I got my master's degree was after I started working at Northright. And when I started working at Northright, I started working with Dr. Patrick O'Neill. Now, Patrick was, uh, he was a, he was a great boss, great mentor as well. Um, he would, I would say, Patrick, this, this, and that. And he would, you know, and I'd say, what should I do? And he would say, hey, David, you're the professional. You tell me what to do. Hmm. And that that type of trust in me really turned me on. And that's where I got the bug for, for um, small business. So I went and got a master's while I was working at Northright for four years, probably one class a term. And every time that I took a class, I was able to take the methodology and apply it directly in Northright. It's like, it was a, a nice setup. So I got my management experience on the job and in a master's degree for four years at Northright. So now you say, okay, got the, the experience, went and, or had the ability to go get the degree and, and have the now coming out with the, the master's yeah. Now, did you keep working there or was that the point that you said, hey, I'm ready to go do my own business or kind of how did you to make that transition? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, at Northright, we were helped developing a small building control system called AgileVolt, uh, which I I helped develop. And then um, Patrick uh, sold his businesses and um, to um, Building IQ and um, Jewel Smart. And I was part of those acquisitions and helping him or helping the company get purchased. I was, you know, I was part of it. Um, at that point in time, you know, management changed, things changed. Um, they kind of started going in a different direction. And, uh, you know, that was a time when I, I was like, okay, I helped somebody get acquired and I helped them sell their company. Now it's time. Now I got to go and I want to try my own. Um, I didn't go directly out on my own though. So what I did is I applied for a job at Nexon when they were Nexon. They got purchased by Resource Innovations. Uh, I applied for a job at Nexon with Jacob James. Now, Jacob James is a name we all should remember, too. So um, I was working as a senior energy engineer at Nexon, and Jacob James was my boss. And I've already started Birch Energy Services in 2017, um, just flailing around, trying to do business. Um, didn't didn't really understand how to do business, but um, I'm a pretty stubborn guy and I'll just keep running at the wall until I figure it out. Um, so I started that in 2017 and it was 2019 when Jacob James came to me and said, David, we know you were the director of engineering at Jewel Smart. We know you can run a team. You should start your own business and partner with us on this uh, contract we're going after. And the hair on my back stood up. I was like, Jacob, I have a business. Now, Jacob also went to college with me at Oregon Institute of Technology, and he also was in the class with Dr. Tishome Juru. So 
I told Jacob, I was like, yes, I have two partners as well. Dr. Tishome Juru, our undergraduate professor, and Kwesi Boateng, who was actually my first partner at Birch Energy Services. And I met him at Portland State in my master's degree. So when Jacob heard that, he was excited. He ran it up the flagpole. The VP said it was a good deal. They let me out on my own with a contract. And I was a first employee, 2020, April 1st. And right now, Birch Energy has 23 employees. And um, awesome. we're doing pretty good. And we started another company called Building Lens. No, that's awesome. Now, let rewind just a little bit because, you know, you, you mentioned kind of, you know, having the opportunity, finding the right partners, people you already had uh, air connections with and, and and worked with previously. How did you decide kind of what direction or, or what you wanted to do or kind of what that startup was going to be in the business you wanted to go into? That So that was started when I was witnessing the inefficiencies in the demand side management of for energy efficiency programs. So at Northright, I would work with institutions such as Energy Trust of Oregon, NYSERDA, ComEd, ConEd, all these utilities. And we would do um, projects where we would estimate the savings of, of different um, components or retrofits in buildings. And I've been through that process many times like i dream about the type of analysis i did when i was an engineer so um i've been witnessing the inefficiencies in the market before clean energy was cool i i've been doing clean energy since you know 2008 so um with that i've always had ideas of hey we could do this better or this would be better or or small building control systems are not really at the technology level yet i've i've been witnessing this the evolution of the technology and the energy efficiency field for the last 10 plus years so really my businesses have always been hey i see these inefficiencies i see how they're working it now i could do it better faster cheaper and and make everybody more happy no well, makes uh, perfect sense and uh, sounds like you get that so you started that you said around 2020 is that right so 2017 is when oh. birch energy began and then 2020 is when i became 2020 april 1st is when i became the first employee oh, awesome yeah. So now, so you started 2017, officially became the the first or first employee at that point. Now, um, you know, as you're starting out, you know, you mentioned kind of where you're at today, but as you're starting out, trying to get things going, did it take off? It was a rocket ship to the top, and it was, you know, everything went awesome, and money is raining down from the skies. Were you teetering on the bank of bank or verge of bankruptcy and not knowing how to your the net where yeah. the next paycheck's coming from, or somewhere in the middle? But walk us through a little bit of as things got started, how it went. Yeah, the, the great. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a rocket ship. Um, it was a grind, a scrap, a fight. Um, it took a lot of faith. And, um, you know, I like I can describe it as I'm watching the bank account, working as hard as I can, trying to get more um, work on the books. And it's it was more just I was too stubborn to let my bank account drop below a rate where I couldn't support what we're doing. And, uh, you know, that first, from April 1st, 2020, probably on till 
the next year, April was a very rough time, you know, in uh, my personal life, but I got a strong family who uh, they understood what we were trying to do. So um, yeah, it was very stressful, but it, it's just, you got to have faith in what you're doing and keep moving forward. And, you know, I had the, the attitude of, Hey, even if I fail, I've already won because I have started this thing. I've been an employee. I've got it moving. So let's try to make it continue to grow. And if I do not make it, I will have learned a lot. So it's just an attitude adjustment, really. Mm, no, makes sense. Sounds like you uh, figured out a, a great, uh, you know, the strategy is push through and keep working hard and, uh, you know, or be too stubborn to fail. And uh, more often than not, then you're, you're going to find that success and uh, be able to make a, a great go of it. So now you've talked a little bit about where you guys are at today, but where do you guys see uh, see yourselves headed in the next, you know, six to 12 months? Where's What's the trajectory? So um, Birch Energy Services is going to continue to be uh, <clears throat> um, a utility a utility consulting firm. We we do everything for the demand side of the utility. Now, Building Lens is a technology that kind of brings every, not kind of, it does. It brings everything together. It bridges the gap between people in small buildings, the, the, the technology that we have available in the small buildings, we help them understand that. And then we help the utilities understand the people in the small buildings. You see, that's really the essence of my experience is that I've been down at the ground in application engineering, stroking dampers at hospitals and buildings. And mm. now I'm in the C-suite executive room. So I understand everything in that vertical. So being able to link the people in the buildings to the utilities that serve them is something that we have not done well in America. No, makes makes sense. Sounds like it. You know, it's an area that uh, we know. Anytime things aren't doing or being done well, or there's an opportunity to come in and, and shake it up or change it, uh, presents a lot of opportunities. Sounds like it's a great opportunity for you guys, and uh, and provides a, a great path forward. So, well, with that, now is where we kind of reached the present day of your journey, and even looking a little bit into the the future, it's a great time to transition to the two questions I always like to ask at the end of each episode. So yeah. we'll jump to those now. Um, so with that, the first question I'd like to ask is, um, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? What'd you learn from it? So Devin, I, I don't operate like that. Now, let's see, there is no worst business decision. You're either, you're learning or you're moving forward, right? Um, I've made decisions on, I, I think the most learning I have done is hiring people. Because when I began, I expected everybody to be like me, half crazy, super focused, and I guess kind of maybe teetering on hyper focused. You know, us, us entrepreneurs are like that. And, you know, expect everybody to be like you. But I quickly learned that that's not true. And I did a lot of learning. And um, the thing that I learned more about are people. They're the most people. We are an interest. It's just people are the the thing that I will be learning about for the rest of my life. Hmm. 
Yeah, no, I think that, you know, people and or people are the, the greatest asset to business. So they're also, yeah. also the hardest and the ones that you learn the most from. And, you know, it's always interesting when you get into especially hiring and those type of things. I think every, or a lot of people come in and saying, hey, I can do it better. I know people I can, you know, I, I can tell if they're good or bad in the first 10 seconds type of thing. And then you get into it and you, you start to make those hiring mistakes and learn from it. And you learn it's a lot harder than and there's a lot more things to uh, to or learn from it than you necessarily anticipate anticipated so great area to learn from and that definitely makes sense second question um, now is so now if you're talking to someone that's uh, just getting into a startup or a small business what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them make sure your network and family is on board you'll need everybody's help that you can get um, there is no self-made person in this world I don't believe you I'll call you a liar um uh, it's it's about the people around you. Do they support you? And because um, there's going to be times when you're going to be doubting yourself and they will support you and they're going to be there for you. So like to me, that that my biggest asset is my family, period. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. And I think, you know, building that network, having the people around you to support you, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's mentors, whether it's coworkers or all, you know, any or all of the above, I think that having that in place uh, makes the, you know, what is already a hard journey to do a startup or a small business a bit easier and um, having or, or having a support network also makes it uh, a lot like more likely you're going to be successful. So I think it's a, a great takeaway. So yeah. Yeah. With that, now as we uh, do wrap up the podcast, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Contact me through LinkedIn. I, I stay pretty active there. Um, you can also reach out to me at to david at buildinglens.com. Um, we, we are... Um, scaling fast both of our companies and we're looking for more people that want to have impact i mean impact's important to us so um if that is something that people want to do they want to make a relationship they want to get to know some more people then come talk to me and uh we can have fun and make some hay at the same time awesome well sounds like uh or, or definitely encourage people to reach out support a great business if you're looking for uh ability to make an impact or reach out or if nothing else make a new best friend so that's right with that thank you again uh david for uh thank coming you. on the podcast it's been a fun it's been a pleasure now for all of you there listeners that are out there you have your own journey to share and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast we'd love to have you so let's go to inventiveguest.com apply to be on the show a couple more things as listeners make sure to click share subscribe Leave us a review, helps us to reach even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success. And on that note, if you ever need help with you along your journey with patents or trademarks or anything else to your startup or your small business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Well, thank you again, David, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, sir.